1: It's 10 a.m. Ah, let's just get down to it, and it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5 1280 The Zone, powered by KSLSports.com.
0: Jake Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Happy Monday. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. What's going on, Ben? I've been fired by the Miami Dolphins. What are the, what's the the cliche title for today? Was it Black Monday? Is that what they call yeah. Black Monday? Isn't it? Yeah, where all the NFL coaches get whacked. Yeah. Brian Flores surprised That's, me. He so. went 10 games in Miami. <laughs> I know. Doesn't everybody... <laughs> a horrible team. Doesn't everybody
2: consider him to be a pretty good coach? Yes. He'll get another job. In fact, like he'll probably get an NFL head coaching job as his next job this year, uh, and Miami's going to go. Got to be Harbaugh, right? You think? And I mean, he's open. Miami's to it, donor is there is a big Michigan or Miami's owner is a big Michigan donor, huh. so that seems like that's got to be the connection.
0: If you okay, so I get that college and pro are different, you know, and I have certainly the take like if you can't win at USC, it's a you problem. But isn't that kind of the thing with the Dolphins? Like you're in Miami, yeah. Wouldn't any NFL player at least consider playing Perfect football weather? in Miami, tax
2: haven? Yeah, all, all of the things it's got a lot. The biggest issue is, of course, that you're in the same division as Bill Belichick. That's what's so hard. That's what has probably robbed a lot of people. Okay,
0: if you are if you were, if you, were uh, you know, right there. Clipping on their heels, I'd listen to that. But Miami's been terrible for how long?
2: When was Dan Marino drafted?
0: You only play Belichick twice a year, right? Right. There's lots of other Correct.
2: opportunities
0: to win There's football. 14 games. other
2: games, and now 15 other games yes. to win a, a title.
0: Like the Bills have been building towards eclipsing the Patriots for a hot minute. Even before Josh Allen, they made the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor. If you recall, I do. Uh, my Virginia Tech hokie, Tyrod Taylor.
2: With Virginia Tech having a bunch of successful quarterbacks?
0: Uh, I don't know because you wouldn't think of that as a quarterback place. And they haven't had one in, probably since Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. So. They had Logan Thomas, who's currently in the NFL, but he's playing tight end. <laughs> <laughs> so they haven't had one in, uh, in a hot minute. But my point is the Bills were building to, to what has Miami been building towards? I used to have a roommate who I lived with for a couple of years, huge Dolphins fan. And it's like, dude, what are you doing?
2: What you are know, you doing? But maybe the life is too good. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe there's too much to do. Make some soft? Just.
0: Yeah, but do you go the route of the heat? you uninterested. Heat, you make it a glam job. That's what the, you know what? That's what the Hurricanes did so well yeah. back in the 90s. I mean, it,
2: it takes very special people. It takes a certain personality to go in there, which is funny because in a lot of ways, Pat Riley's like the very stereotypical Miami person who goes from Los Angeles to New York and is like, well, I'm going to retire to Miami. Like, that's a very human thing to do, but he is not Miami guy when it talks to, when you think about like going and sitting at a boardroom apparently and dumping his championship rings on the table to get free agents. Like, he's all business. He's all Michael Douglas in Wall Street. He's like he's very much that guy. It doesn't seem like he would mesh necessarily well with the idea that we have of South Beach, Miami, but that works there. Maybe you need a little bit more dichotomy because the guys can go down there and live so luxuriously.
0: Everyone, Ben, has the Jimmy Buffett fantasy. Correct. Now listen, you might not like his music,
2: but you share that fantasy. Oh, Jake, you but, and I this morning we're talking about how nice it is to just sit on a beach. Sit on
0: a beach? It's it's everybody's dream. That's an easy uh, sell. That's an easy sell.
2: You watched the NFL yesterday. Speaking of just an easy sell, uh, well, the Chargers Raiders game was the best football game I've ever watched in my life. It was so fun. Everyone rooting for a tie for the whole country and Which the ability weird. to do it, and then the Chargers to call a timeout with 32 seconds left and blow the opportunity to get a tie to go to the playoffs, and then the Raiders to hit the field goal. It was it was great. It was it was just magnificent and i was rooting for the tie i was let down by the raiders kicking a field goal because i don't even particularly like the raiders and i'm somewhat like you i'm on board with the chargers because i really like justin herbert but i i was sad and still was marveling at how good of a product the nfl is every single week do you believe in being
0: snake bit or is that a way to excuse incompetence Because the reason I ask, let me explain. If you have paid even a close amount of attention to the Chargers for like maybe the last 10 years, Right. They find more creative ways to lose close football games than any yeah. team. Like yeah. it, I, I, We could probably look up the stats, close losses over the last 10 years, but it, it's got to be like triple the rest of the league because they just find a way to punch themselves in the groin every single game. Should we be surprised that they called timeout? No, that's probably the fourth, like uh, the the fourth least strangest sure. way they've lost a game sure. in the last oh, year. It
2: might have been the second or third strangest way they lost that game. <laughs> you know, there were right. two or three other reasons it's, why they shouldn't have lost that it's game last crazy. night.
0: Crazy, yeah. and they have what everybody's looking for: the unicorn young
2: quarterback right. on a rookie oh, deal. They're in Los Angeles. They're, like, they're in cool. LA. Yeah, they've got a ton of reasons well, why they should not be cool. successful. Does anybody go? No yeah, that was not a thing. I mean that, that was, was their problem a problem in San Diego. While. Yeah. Uh, but their problem in San Diego was the same thing as Miami. It's just San Diego's perfect. Why would you ever waste six, 4 hours doing anything other than walking on the golden beaches of San Diego? But that doesn't in perfect explain
0: weather? flukish ways to lose football games. That explains the team being soft. Not hey, we're up three, but maybe that is seconds. Maybe that's it.
2: No, maybe it is the the focus is on the beach and is not on the details on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday at practice.
0: I think it's an example. This is my theory, Ben. I think it's an example of moron owners
2: hiring moron coaches potentially. But here is the thing, Brian Flores going back to Miami was a very good coach, but has a moron owner apparently.
0: (laughs) Yes, so So even when they're close, they can't get close. Yeah. Well, how about the Kings firing Mike, don't call me Michael,
2: other way around, Malone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They barely gave him a bite of the apple. He's a
2: good coach. Is your name Jacob? No. Just Jake? Yeah. Your parents went short with Jake? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Speaking of shortening, we were talking about shortening long names to short names today. And then you said Michael Malone, so I didn't know if you were Jacob. No. Just Jake. Okay. Okay. Uh, thanks for clearing that up. I just wanted to make sure we're talking short <laughs> names and long names. I just figured I should. I haven't asked you that.
0: Uh, but you know the Raiders. Of course, the Raiders were going to try to win the game. That's the point. After all, people yeah. rooting for a tie. Well, that was, it seemed that was,
2: like they were going to go for it until the Chargers called a timeout. I mean, it was very Utah, Washington, uh, where Witt calls the timeout when they were going to let the clock run out and go to overtime, and Utah said, "No, we think we can get the ball back," and they said, "Okay." You want to see what happens when you call a timeout? Like, I can throw the ball 40 yards and then draw a P.I. or whatever it was and then kick a field goal and cost you the game. It was so similar to that feeling it was. for me watching that game. Can,
0: can I tell you that the, we were talking about pet peeves before the show? This is one of mine in this job. And I've loved covering Kyle Whittingham. He's great. I think he's, he's obviously a heck of a coach. But after that game... He said, well, "I'd do it again." Yeah, and then oh, and Monday, and then the Monday. Yep. He said, "Oh, don't regret it at all." You want to go over I'd it again? Do okay. It again. I yep. mean, we broke it down on the air. It was mathematically impossible.
2: <laughs> Nothing for, the Utes could have like, done. There's... I guess minus, Britton Covey returning a kick for a touchdown. Yeah, it, but it wasn't going to happen. And they were no. smarter than Oregon. They were going to kick the, but they weren't going to kick the ball to Britton Covey. No, they just had to
0: kick it up in the air high enough Correct. to let the clock tick off to Correct. zero. Right, they could have yeah. kicked it into Tuesday. I'm with you. It it was mathematically impossible for them to have another chance to win the game. And I'm fine with mistakes. I mean, clock management is is a thing. You've got to be able to read the game and read your players and understand priorities. Right? You know, like uh, like the Chargers' explanation last night for calling the timeout. Ben was, well, we didn't have the right personnel on the Correct. field. Well, what's more damaging? Calling the timeout or, you know, just take a play where you've got the wrong personnel on the field. You know, what's what's, what's more damaging to your current situation? Like those types of things where you have to measure in your brain are, are probably very difficult. But after you'd be like, oh, man, I cost us. I cost us on that. Yeah. Man, I, I I had confidence in our guys. The place was, you know, where the timeout came from was a gen, genuinely positive thing. Like, yeah. I believed if I bought them even a few seconds, we could possibly win that game because I believed in our team so much. But you know what? Mm, not the right move. Correct.
2: But it's also How not hard what you is that? It's also not what you needed. You didn't need to win the game, you needed a tie. Right. You needed exactly where the game was heading to get what you were hoping for. And well, you and you screwed that up. You got in your own way. Well, the Raiders at least
0: considered it. They admit, admitted yeah. after the game considered yeah. um, uh, going for the tie. But uh, it, what's the deal? And I've got to bring up the NFL pairings. They would have either faced the Chiefs or who did they end up the getting? Cincinnati that they're traveling. Yeah, to they're going to now? they're going to play Cincinnati. What, what game do you rather have? I'd kick that field goal every day. Sure. I would rather, Way play, rather Cincinnati. play Cincinnati yes. Yes, than I'm, the
2: Chiefs. I'm with you. 100%. They're still going to get spanked by Cincinnati, but I would rather play Cincinnati than Kansas City.
0: And stuff like that is what bugs me about the end of the NBA regular season. Like, what happened to have, have a little pride and win the football game? Yeah. You know, why are we considering all this other stuff and strategic? And I get it that it matters, but it is frustrating because the end of the NBA season is a joke. It's it like a whole. Two to three weeks where teams are trying to lose games? Right.
2: like at, at the very least, and this is what the NBA has done, is they have kind of played three-card Monty with you where at least we are watching the four teams that are going to end up in the play-in tournament at the end of the season. So at least there's something to talk about that isn't... The bottom five teams in the conference have been tanking for a month and a half, and the top six teams are trying to lose games strategically to make sure they don't match up with LeBron or whoever you don't want to face now in the first round. The
0: Clippers are trying to lose to the Thunder and the Rockets back-to-back. Successfully. Where both teams on the court are intentionally trying to lose. (laughs) Ty Lue, (laughs) I think at one point, played four players, you know, Hickory High style. It was like, my team's on the floor. (laughs) I mean, yeah. This is what we got.
2: What a joke! I,
0: I drew up this play. <laughs> what a joke! And that stuff in the NFL, at least, I, I go out there and try to win the game. That's the point. Yep. Let the chips fall as they may. No. But everybody's out there
2: trying to win. Don't give me the trying to tie crap. Here's the thing. I wanted it for the weirdness. I I get it why you wanted it. Yes, yes. But I I don't. It's also I recognize good for the league that they didn't end in a tie last night. And that there wasn't a bunch of teams taking knees late in the game to ruin Ben Roethlisberger's end of his career. Which is also another reason why I wanted to see it end in a tie. I would have happily seen the Steelers go off in the most hilarious way to have somebody retire Ben Roethlisberger and pull that rug out from underneath him in the funniest way possible. I would have loved to have seen that also. But it's better for the league that you ended up with this type of conversation.
0: Well, now he can go into the playoffs and uh, get lit up by the Chiefs because yeah. that's probably what's yeah. going to happen. Now he's got to go into Kansas City and oh, he's definitely going to lose like badly.
2: That guy's too. a statue. Yeah, <laughs> he can barely move. It was crazy. The uh, it was crazy. The Ravens weren't able to beat him yesterday.
0: But. This is why we should we should appreciate uh, and I can't believe I'm going to say this uh, a guy like John Elway more who you see go out on top. Yeah, because watching legends and not that Roethlisberger I suppose is a legend, but watching you know. Hall of Famers limp out of their career is something. Uh, oh, it's the worst. Like watching Kobe's end was tough. Correct. It was tough. It was not the same guy who
2: made right. that. At least like his last game was a circus and kind of a fun circus, but it was a circus.
0: Yeah, I can't remember how many shots he took to get to oh, that. that's like what everybody 48. forgets. Yeah, it was like he took like fifty shots. Yeah. Oh man, what a wild game that was! Uh, was that wasn't Ty's last game, was it? No, uh, no, it was Quinn. Quinn was, was already there. Was, Quinn's was, talked yeah. about being there. Yeah, that's right. He yeah. has, for sure. You, Hope, do we want to talk about the Jazz? Or what do you want to say? Kobe Bryant took
2: 50 shots. 50 shots? I mean, he had 60 points. Good for him. But he went 6 of 21 from the three-point line. Like he It was not a it was not a good game. It was incredible. I'm. It was incredible, but it was not a particularly good Just game. Just to put into perspective. Well, we've gone this far on the NFL. Let's carry the NFL for a couple more minutes, and then we can talk to Jazz coming up in the next segment. Well,
0: okay, but Sabonis, by the way, had forty two. How many shots did you take, Ben? Twenty
2: two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Efficient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Here's your NFL playoffs, by the way. Here's the uh, matchups: the Titans and the Packers both get their buys, which pretty incredible for the Titans. That I think you and I both I'm wrote shocked. them off. I'm after Derrick Henry got hurt. There's
0: your coach of the year. Yeah,
2: for sure. Uh, and if Derrick Henry comes back with a bye week, look out. That could be a that could be a Super Bowl team. Uh, but they are going to have to face. Do they have to face the winner of the Steelers and Chiefs, which could be tough? If you have to face the Chiefs in the second round, I'm trying to figure out exactly what these uh, end up looking like. But uh, you've got the uh, Steelers and the Chiefs. You've got the Patriots taking on the Bills, which is going to be a terrific game. Bills won that matchup most recently. And then you've got the Raiders taking on the Bengals, which should be fun. Two teams that have been kind of a joke for the last 15 years that are both very good now. Eagles taking on uh, Tampa Bay. Good storylines there of an old uh, Super Bowl matchup between Tom Brady and the Eagles. The 49ers and the Cowboys, which were the two golden teams of our young life, Jake. And then the, uh, the Cardinals going up against the Rams. It's fun. These are fun teams. This is going to be a fun. Uh, it's going to be a fun Super Bowl run for the NFL.
0: Well, the NFL playoffs are great. They're always good. I mean, they are. They're they're always good. I always uh, this. Speaking of uh, being a kid, I always remember skiing on uh, during the NFL playoffs, of course, and it's always fun to see everybody rolling around in the. That's when you see the old school starter jackets come yeah. back out on the right. ski slope, Ben. Right everybody's uh, representing, and then you go down to the old tram club, which I guess isn't a thing anymore. And this wasn't when I was a kid, I suppose. But watch those football games. Fond memories. Yeah.
2: No, oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> I mean, Wild Card Weekend is one of the best weekends, and then uh, Championship Weekend's incredible before you get to the Super Bowl. So there really is. It's, it's, it's a great few weeks of football that we've got coming up. Plus, tonight there's a National Championship game. So we are in the, the heyday of, uh, of football right now. If you're a football fan, there's no better time to be alive. I
0: feel like... There is a potential incriminating audio wager this weekend that we could explore. Well, I won the last one, so it's your turn. Well, see, no. Now, here's the thing: your Patriots are at my Bills. <laughs> I've been my in on the. Patriots. I've been in on the Bills. You made a very bold prediction a few weeks ago about the Patriots, I which I give you credit for. Dark Horse Super Bowl favorite. I feel like I should be on the Bills here, and you should be on the Patriots. Okay, I mean, they're playing each other. That's what I'm saying. Okay.
2: All right, straight up. Incriminating audio? Yeah. We'll see. Do you want the four and a half? No. No? I just want something more exciting. I want to, if we're talking about a wager, all right. let's have something exciting. You still feeling the Patriots? I know the Patriots are going to beat the Bills. I know that's going to happen. I have no question that the Patriots are going to beat the Bills. I'm just trying to figure out what I can get out of you, and not a piece of audio that you record that doesn't mean anything to me. I want no, something but that's with cash fun, value. That's the fun part. No, I want cash value. You want money? I want. <laughs> you want? You want that? Cold hard cash. Okay. Gift certificate somewhere. Who else? Who else are you picking? Who else would be your uh, your Super Bowl favorite? Who else? If a dark horse, if you're not taking the Bengals, and you're not taking the Patriots. We'll throw them out. There's one other team I would have circled, and it's almost hard to call them a a dark horse because they've been so good this year and that would be Cincinnati Bengals
0: okay well I uh, I certainly think they're capable of beating my Raiders as much as I'd like to hope that uh, Derek Carr can go in there and make some magic happen uh, Joe Burrow's is really good he's
2: great he's great yep. I mean, they've got a ton of time. they have a bunch of top 10 picks around him too and <laughs> because you, they've been so bad for so long do
0: you really see the Raiders secondary uh, no. stopping Jamar chase no no absolutely not uh, so I like that pick at least
2: to get out of that round certainly. Um, well, and then they're going to play either the Bills or the Patriots, right? I mean, I know they reshuffle in the NFL, right? Don't they reseed? Yes. So maybe not, but yeah, they're going to be they're going to be in good shape. The Bengals. We're talking about you and I were talking about this teams that we were talking about Nick Saban tonight because he's become the master of going out and firing or hiring untouchable former head coaches who get fired in disgrace, Sark or Bill O'Brien and then retooling them for his own success and then letting them go off and do whatever they want to do. Right. The, the Bengals train. were willing to go out and draft anybody regardless of their history just because they were more talented than like well we got a great value for Joe Mixon in the second round. Sure he punched a woman in college or high school or whatever it was but we'll take him in the first round or the second round and rely on him and then if things click in we didn't use a first round pick on this guy we got him later in the draft and now he's a superstar and that's exactly what they've done where they get Joe Burrow with the number 1 pick and all of a sudden he has all this talent around him like Joe Mixon like all these number 1 picks or top you know 15 talent guys in the draft uh, that they've got coming in now that are ready to play that that could potentially propel them deep into the playoffs as opposed to oh we've got a good young quarterback and nothing else and that's what we're relying on then we have uh... which is the you know the Jets situation or the Jaguars situation
0: I can't decide who to root harder against in Monday's playoff game, the Cardinals or the Rams.
2: Who's more dislikable? The Rams should be the best team in football. So I guess in that sense it's easy to root against them. They have so much talent. They've gone full in, all cash in, I mean everything. They've paid all their players. They're getting guys like Von Miller midseason, and they're still pretty mediocre. They're good, but they're still pretty mediocre. So I'll go with the Cardinals. And I don't like Arizona. Well, I don't like it's either of their head coaches.
0: That's my problem with both teams. Both teams. But Kingsbury doing a terrible job at Texas Tech and somehow falling up to a head coaching job. Anyway, I don't like their philosophies. They're soft. McVay thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Right. All of the above. So I guess I'm rooting for um, uh, the power to go out. Boys Niners. Oh, that's that's tough to root harder against both those teams too.
2: You don't like the Forty Niners? No. We have a ton of 49ers fans. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. They're,
0: they're all over the place. They're all over Salt Lake. Correct. We did market research on it. The three big teams in Salt Lake, at least twenty years ago, yeah. was uh, the the Broncos, Broncos, the Raiders, and the Niners. Yeah. No, I don't. I do do not care for the Niners.
2: I we haven't talked about Tom Brady, who's the greatest football player of all time, who's still in his prime and still has Gronk who can go off like he did last night and, you know, is going to have
0: one. Rooting against him, too. What do you know? But then I'd have to root for the Eagles. I root against a lot of teams, Ben. Yeah. You root against more than you root for. <laughs> I root against yeah. I'm pretty much everybody. I'm with you. And now I have to root against the White Sox, who I kind of liked. But Why? Because I, I yeah I Yeah, I'm like not going
2: to root for your team. Oh, I like your whatever no, teams you that don't. you like. No, yeah, you don't. Edmonton Oilers or whoever you're, the Whalers, whoever you're a fan of. I you like the Whale. Bob Marley and the Whalers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we talk
0: jazz next? Should we get into our that? Our local show, our local job? Do, do people want to talk about the jazz I, right I think
2: they're actually super interesting, and they had a couple interesting games over the weekend. Plus, tonight should be fun.
0: Should it? Yeah, we're going to see Denzel Valentine. (laughs) Stay tuned. More next, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone.
1: What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Bring the 30-point bell.
0: Jazz at 30 update here on Jake and Ben. Here's Coach Quinn Snyder talking about the new additions to the team fitting in after uh, the Indiana loss.
1: We want him to come in and defend and run and shoot when he's got a clean look from three. Hassan got in foul trouble early, you know, and Novell got a chance to play, did some good things for us, blocked a shot, got to the basket. So both those guys, you know, trying to contribute in ways that they can.
0: Jazz back at it tonight. Uh, They are uh, taking on the Detroit Pistons in the Motor City. That game will tip off at 5, pregame at 4. This update is brought to you by 5 Star Painting. Refresh the inside or outside of your home with 5 Star Experience with 5 Star Painting. They've got the time, skills, and tools. 5starpainting.com. That's 5starpainting.com.
1: coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and...
0: 1280 the zone
2: we have breaking jazz news as we're about to talk about the jazz sure it's not like major news Well, you would expect but yeah it's news jared butler is now the fifth utah jazz player to enter the health and safety protocols he joins joe Ingalls, rudy gobert elijah hughes and rudy gay but jake looking at it uh gobert i mean we don't know what his symptoms are but considering when he went in joe ingles too they could be out any day now it's only five days and uh, as long as you get are asymptomatic and have a negative test, I guess it's six days in the NBA. But Joe Ingles went in on Tuesday, right? Today's Monday. That's six days. So I guess as soon as those guys start feeling better and can get a negative test, they could potentially rejoin the team relatively quickly.
0: And Joe is still out. Joe listed is still in, out. As listed originally. as out,
2: yeah. But you know what? You probably don't want to rush those guys back against the Detroit Pistons, who are not trying to win games all that hard.
0: No. No, they're they're not a terrific team. We were talking about the, the Dolphins, a the team that, has trouble getting off the mat. See the Pistons, who've been trying for, well, since uh, Joe Dumars left, right? Yeah. As their general manager. So uh, The Pistons struggling.
2: They're in the constant rebuild. Wonder if they're going to move Jeremy Grant. Would you put that at likely? Yeah, because you can probably get a pick for him or two picks for him and you're not going to win. You're just, you're winning window is nowhere near what Jeremy Grant offers you. You know, it just does not line up at all, so you might as well try and get another first-round pick for him. And, you know, you might even be able to get two from a team that's desperate. You might be able to get a 26- and 28-first-round draft pick from a team.
0: But yet, Ben, the, the same has been true about Bradley Beal and Washington for years now, and yeah. he's still
2: there. Yes. Washington is, has been— Washington's never committed to a rebuild. Detroit, at least, has committed to a rebuild and does have a piece in— Uh, Cade Cunningham where they feel like they've got a legit star in the making so they can it's worth going the full draft pick route you know uh, we've talked quite a bit about this tonight and it's relevant because the Jazz are playing uh, the Pistons we've talked about this a lot on the show I should say that I don't really believe in the rebuild I think it's really hard to do the draft pick rebuild now at this point in the NBA but when it works it works pretty quickly which is the case with the Memphis Grizzlies where you had Mike Conley you needed a rebuild you end up with the number two overall pick because you were so bad. You got Ja Morant, and now Ja's a legit superstar, and you're good all of a sudden. You've won nine games in a row, and you're going to head to the playoffs, potentially with home court advantage in the first round already because when you do get that guy, you hit so quickly. You know, You, you can move up so fast in the standings. So if Cade Cunningham is that guy, you know They've done the aggressive rebuild, but you end up with the number one pick and you get a star. That's how it can work. But these teams now, I mean, the rumor's coming out over the weekend that the Kings are willing to trade De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton to start the rebuild over. It's like, you guys didn't finish your last rebuild. What do you mean you're starting a rebuild? You're in a rebuild. You never figured out how to do it right. I don't have faith in a lot of those teams to try and do the draft pick, the draft pick acu- uh, acquisition. Is that, is that more? Is that more about the team or is that more about the concept? I think it's probably both. I mean, I wouldn't have told you that I thought Memphis was going to have the right ability to do it. I wouldn't have believed in Memphis's ability as the way they've run that team historically, which has been fine, but they hired John Hollinger because he was a writer, which was goofy, and it didn't work out. You know they had Mike Conley, which they randomly hit on, and that worked well because Mike was so good, but was still only so good to get them you know to a couple of playoff runs. Uh, I wouldn't have thought Memphis was going to be able to do it right, but they got Ja, they've got a couple of fun players around him and and that's worked out. but no, I never believed that the Kings are going to do it right.
0: But see, that's that's the thing. The rebuild for Sacramento would be great if the Kings weren't the Kings. Sure. Have you ever seen a list of the players the Kings oh.
2: passed on in the draft? The Dream, it's the 1992 Dream Team. It's, yeah.
0: These are Hall of Famers yeah. they had the opportunity to pick. Over and over and over. And they didn't. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. I mean, the rebuild would have gone fine had the Kings pulled the trigger on Steph Curry or Luka Doncic. Right. Even Trey Young. were Trey Young. Yeah, they would have been fine. Yeah, the rebuild would be going great. Yeah. And you know you, you they spun their wheels for years with Boogie Cousins. I mean, there's just that's not the that's not the process. That's the team. Yeah,
2: I agree with you. Some of that's the franchise. I think the process is difficult, but a lot of it's the team.
0: I mean, Philly's process was actually borderline a disaster, except for they hit on one of those picks. Sure. You you forget that Philly drafted Nerland's Noel with right. like the fourth pick right. or something oh, crazy.
2: Uh, Who's the kid out of Duke who won the title at Duke? But, let me just look up. He's the back-to-the-basket kid. Who's like who we knew was not going to be a top player in the NBA, but he won a championship at Duke, and so you had to take him. Sorry to be slow here. I know a bunch of people are yelling at me right now saying exactly who it is. It was... Jeez, I'm being so slow with this now. Right, Jaleel Okafor. Oh, yes. They took him number three overall. Again, like, yeah, everyone knew Ja wasn't going to be that guy, but you kind of had to take a guy who would play to Duke and help lead them to a championship and average 20 points a game as you know, by himself. And they passed on Chris Dapps Porzingis, who was a much better player. You know, Not a great draft overall, but Chris Dapps has been a much better player than Jaleel Okafor has throughout his career. How about Markel Fultz? Yeah, right, over Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. No, but here's the thing. And also, we can go back to the Jazz Rebuild. The Jazz Rebuild didn't work. You got lucky. You didn't get it there because of the Rebuild. You drafted Trey Lyles, and then you suckered the Nuggets into trading for Trey Lyles and Tyler Lydon for Donovan Mitchell. Well, go back before that. The rebuild picks,
0: they didn't. I mean, Derek Favors, we love him, but didn't turn out to be Cantor. a star. And his Cantor. Freedom. Right. Cantor at the time. Free. Thank you. Free freedom. Dante Axum. You know.
2: Yeah, bad picks. Yeah,
0: they, right. But yeah. that's on the team.
2: Correct. I yeah. don't know if that's on right. the process the rebuild didn't the matter Exactly But it didn't, it didn't work out So yeah it's funny We talk about you know The Jazz have been this great team Or they've, they've handled this rebuild really well Well their rebuild lottery picks Didn't actually work out You randomly got Rudy Gobert at The 27th pick That you had no idea Was going to turn into A top 10 player in the league And then you got Donovan Mitchell Who you didn't know Was going to turn into A well, top uh, 10 Gordon player Gordon Hayward Was a rebuild pick he And was. he got him and back To the playoffs And he was way better Than you thought And even then You yeah. passed on Paul George Who's right. a Hall of Famer True. By one pick, you know you passed on Kawhi Leonard for Alec Burks. Whoops, those are losses. You know those are L's.
0: Although Burks have been playing well lately, good for him. Yeah, it's um, not Kawhi. He's not <laughs> Kawhi. doesn't have two Finals MVPs. No, not not Kawhi. But those, yeah, I don't know. You know, at what point? I guess to make or to add on to your argument, you factor that into the mm-hmm. equation. You know, is our rebuilds worth it? Because you know you're going to miss on a bunch of them.
2: Right. Which is what Philly did that was so interesting. They said, we know we're going to miss. They accepted that they were going to miss, so they said, let's get five in a row. Let's have five top five picks in a row. One's got to hit. One has to hit. And really only one did hit. For the most part, one really only hit. Ben Simmons, he was great. He's not one playing. One rookie of the year, but didn't play. Michael Carter-Williams also won rookie of the year. In this oh, the forgot anymore.
0: about him. Oh, you know, and again, although they got him with like in the teens or something, he was Yeah, they got
2: him fan. right before I think the Jazz drafted Trey Burke or maybe after. right after
0: cuz he was the other one the Jazz were considering. Yes.
2: And CJ McCollum. Remember the Jazz drafted Trey Burke and they passed on C.J. CJ McCollum and another kid named Giannis Antetokounmpo who also ended up being a decent player. So, we're talking rebuild, we're talking lottery picks. As you get back further in the draft though, I I fault
0: teams much less. For sure. Giannis was, what, 15 or 17 or something? I mean, Jazz fans still haven't gotten over the, the Tony Parker, Parker, Raul Lopez yeah. thing. And it's like, yeah, God, it was the end of the first round. Right. Yes. We're talking about European players at the time. People have barely seen. Correct.
2: Even NBA teams hadn't seen a whole lot of them. And part of the factor was financial because you were yeah. just picking between two guys you thought were equal. It's not to say that the Jazz made a mistake by not drafting Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, every team That's didn't draft Giannis sure, Antetokounmpo. That's f- it makes sense. it's more forgivable. But... It does highlight just how difficult the draft is, and the idea that you're going to rebuild through a draft is like saying, well, I'm going to get, I'm, my job is winning the lottery. I just get lotto tickets. I, I have money that comes in, and I make enough money off the lottery to like keep my head above water just barely, but as soon as I win the lottery, I'm going to be just fine. That is kind of literally what these teams are doing, and I know the term of the lottery ends up going through the money lottery that I'm talking about versus the draft lottery that goes into sports, but yes, to keep trying to play that way is just a it's just a little bit of a goofy way to do it.
0: Well, maybe the best way to do it, uh, it'll be interesting Interesting to see what we see in Oklahoma City with, with what they... How do you parlay that capital
2: instead of making the pick? Because they what, have a couple of good players. Right. Shea just is really good, and I actually think Josh Giddy is going to be a star.
0: And they're going to create a ton of cap room.
2: Yes. So that's the other thing, is what do you do with that cap so like, room? Maybe the interesting thing is to go back to a guy they've had before if they want to accelerate Accelerate. Excuse me. their... their winning window and they could go get jeremy grant very easily sure and jeremy grant would come in and actually help them be good next year but again do you want to use two draft picks on jeremy grant for a team that probably maybe makes the eighth seed best case scenario next year like that also becomes the dicey point because the jazz are going to be good for a long time even if the jazz lose bogey and jordan clarkson in the next few years like you still have donovan mitchell and rudy gobert you're still going to be really good so you're not going to pass them Phoenix should be good for a while, even though Chris Paul is going to retire at some point. Like, there are just Memphis is going to be really good. It's going to be hard to get back into the top four of the West, even if you are Oklahoma City, unless you can parlay these trades for a Bradley Beal or a Dame or a Jeremy Grant, like I'm talking about. And even then, I don't know how much you know. People don't really want to go to Oklahoma City.
0: Well, and in Oklahoma City, a lot like here in Utah, you still have to sell tickets. Yes, that's that's a big part of the pie. If you're the Clippers, you don't really have to sell any tickets. Right. but if you're the Jazz or the Thunder, you gotta sell tickets. Have you heard the thing
2: about Clippers fans? That who's the owner? Oh, uh, Steve Ballmer. Ballmer. That maniac. He pays a player ten. He plays one fan. He pays one fan ten thousand dollars every game if they show up to the game in Clippers gear and stay for the whole game. They reward a fan once a game with ten thousand dollars. That is so depressing. Just to get fans to a. I mean, it's actually probably in the long run not a bad marketing scheme. You get people to buy gear and go to the games and hang out, and you hope that they can win $10,000. But, yeah, they do like this weird lottery of they'll reward fans with X amount of dollars for going to games.
0: Here's the thing. Desperation is a stinky cologne. I yeah, mean, if you're, actually, if you're actually trying to move past the Lakers in the landscape of Los Angeles sports, I don't think this is going to do it for you. But I, don't, I also don't think that's possible because fans are loyal and weird. They don't just defect. I had this argument uh, a long time ago about BYU and Utah fans. I believe there are more Utah fans than there used to be, but I don't believe they defected from BYU. Huh. Correct. I think you're right. Not in large numbers. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, okay, the Clippers right now are... Well, I guess not really, even. But uh, at points, could be argued the better team in LA. But yeah, they're no never question, going yeah. to have more fans than the Lakers. No, they will. The Lakers could be have the worst team in the oh, league. Oh, they have. Right, the Smush Parker Lakers. And so it's never. But but the good news for Ballmer is, is because of its location and its location at all alone, it does not matter. His his franchise
2: will be worth billions. Yes, regardless. Well, which is why he was smart to say, like, we're going to build. Where do they go to Inglewood to build their right. new stadium? Like, yep. it doesn't matter. Nope. That's smart. He saw a land opportunity. He saw an investment in in land in downtown Los or near Los Angeles that is going to be worth the price of gold coming up. By the way, those games were just for November. Excuse me. That wasn't all season long. But his scheme was for 10 games in November to give away $100,000 essentially to get people to buy gear just to show up to games. It's tough. Desperate.
0: That's pretty desperate. Please. We're going to bribe you to support our team. Yeah. If you're gonna do that, you could at least do it a little bit more subtly.
2: Give away season tickets to someone who doesn't. you know what I mean, or something like that, or cut the prices, yeah, right. Yeah, uh, give people to yeah, give people a reason to show up. right. How about just be good? Give people a reason. to I mean show up. you
0: know what that's been working for a long time. I know everybody gripes when when prices go up, and i I certainly understand that, but it's a it's a supply and demand thing. get the get the tickets in into the hands of people that you want to see your product. 10 grand address Clipper gear. What a joke.
2: Hey, how about, how, 10 about, grand.
0: how about go down to the YMCA and get those kids in there? Yeah, right. Yeah, or, exactly. Like, do Give stuff
2: away $10,000 like in tickets for yes. kids that would love that. Right. Yes.
0: right. And you know what happens Los to Los those kids, too? To to they grow up being Clipper fans right. and they bug their parents about buying Clipper gear, but bribe a
2: fan 10 grand. Yeah. It's the stupidest thing I've yeah. ever heard. And I got to tell you, there is no bigger farce in the world of the NBA. Than the false love that existed for Staples Center. That place is not cool. Now it's cryptocurrency arena or whatever, cryptoarena.com. It's not a great venue for basketball. Going there for the Clippers games, it was shocking to be like this is where the Lakers games are played too. Like this is all the great games you see on TV where they darken the crowd and it looks so dramatic. Like it is such a boring place to watch games. It is so not conducive to fan engagement, where I know we talk about it so often at Viven Arena, but like the feeling of being right on top of the team is very real. How steep the stands are here really does make a much better better environment for being close to the game than Staples Center. And the fans aren't engaged because it's Los Angeles. Going back to our conversation about Miami and San Diego and the ability to live on a beach. There's so many things to do in L.A. that you just don't really have to care about the basketball team. That is one of the great things about Utah football and BYU and the Utah Jazz. There's just not a lot else going on, so it's really easy to buy into these teams.
0: Well, fans here uh, that go to the game are actually fans of the sport, too. In L.A., the prices are so ludicrous. You're getting a lot of corporate crowd and a lot of the celebrities. Thing and it, well, what it is is high school football, Ben. I'm sure you went to every high school football game. How many? Uh, how many actual plays did you watch? Right. Oh, zero. Because you're not there. No. To watch the game. No. You're there to to uh, land a date to homecoming. Correct. Hundred percent.
2: No idea who's on the team. No clue. Sorry, that's, that's, Chase Jardine. I didn't see what you did, the game where you were playing left guard or whatever you were.
0: And strange that when you price tickets so yeah. astronomically, yeah. Bob the Plumber, who's a passionate Laker fan, hasn't gone to a game in a decade.
2: Correct. And it's funny that there was like a famous Clippers fan, or like three of them. Two of them were celebrities, but then there was like one famous Clippers fan. It was Clipper Daryl. Just a guy. <laughs> Just a guy. Just a dude. You know, just give Clipper Daryl $10,000. Give him a refund for all the season tickets he's ever bought.
0: It was always my argument uh, against Utah doing this wide-open offense and spread thing uh, years ago. Because you can't out-Oregon, Oregon. So why are you trying? Yep. You're the Clippers. You can't out-Lakers, the Lakers. So figure something else out. Yeah. I don't know how we landed on this, but...
2: Like we can get back to talking about the actual Jazz and some of the moves they made, well, and plus what happened over the weekend. And
0: I thought that the post game was pretty interesting after the Pacer game, so we need to... Okay, let's do it. Yeah, we need to dive into that. We'll get into it. Stay tuned. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Ah!
1: The sports you love. The teams you can't live without. Get urgency! This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Ah!
0: Jacob Ben 97.5 and 1280 The Zone want to remind you about our friends at Lenderight Mortgage they'll be live with DJ and PK coming up Wednesday morning to help you get the lowest rates on your new mortgage or refinance listen Wednesday morning and visit Lenderitemortgage.com for more information we were just talking about LA sports a little bit uh, Ben and and the Clippers and bribing fans how about this for the most LA thing ever did you see Matthew Stafford's comments after the uh, the Niners game I did not last night no Matthew Stafford said this quote it was really it was a really tough environment for us to communicate in really the entire second half unquote hmm. Ben remind me who was the
2: home team right yeah Nobody
0: the Rams cares. yeah correct I don't care how many Bozo Laker fans come into this building when the Lakers are in town right, right. they never make it difficult for the
2: Jazz no it's like like you can hear them there's a contingent the Warriors on New Year's Day there was a, clearly a contingent of Warriors fans which the ironic part is those used to be Lakers fans. Like right. They went from Kobe to Steph. They absolutely did, which is fine. You root for a winning team. No one has a problem with that. But, yeah, it's not, it's not like the Jazz feel like they're being outnumbered there. No, not even close. But, yeah. Well, diehard 49ers fans. You drive do down from NorCal. Stafford's like, Kyle, it was
0: tough. We couldn't even – it was so loud. Couldn't get the plays. Couldn't communicate. Wait, you were at home. Correct is it it's just what the LA the LA market cares about the Dodgers and the Lakers and that's is and the Trojans and that's always I mean, going They don't to be care it. about
2: the Trojans right now, right? Like when they're good, it's just easy to pick those teams up. Lakers are kind of always a show. But the nice thing was even when they were bad, they had Kobe. So, there's like a reason to go watch. You were still could convince yourself you were watching the next Jordan if you wanted to be a celebrity and sit courtside, or the fact that Jack is there, or, you know, whoever, whatever celebrity is going to be there, you can convince yourself, to like, hey, I'm doing something important. If the Lakers have a downstretch, which could come after LeBron, though it seems like someone always wants to go there and carry the torch, it could lose a little bit of its luster. It'll never fall behind the Clippers, but if they don't have a superstar, superstar. Which they've gone basically all but two years in the early or in the mid 90s without having, you know, Magic or Shaq or Kobe, now LeBron, they could potentially lose a little bit of its luster. I don't think so. But I don't think it's going to because I think there's always going to be somebody there. They're there first. Yeah. Correct. And they're, they never the they're never going to fall behind the Clippers, but there will always be someone willing to go and be the Lakers superstar.
0: It's crazy to think that L.A. is a market that lost football teams for lack of support. Yes. Yeah, like, they hilarious. lost the Rams the first hilarious. time. They lost the Raiders. Yeah. There's still more Raiders fans in L.A. than there is anything else. Yeah. That's why they were smart to move to Vegas.
2: Uh, speaking of superstars, the Utah Jazz have signed Denzel Valentine yes. to a 10-day contract. They also signed Daniel House Jr., Uh, over the weekend and Norville Pell so we saw those guys get to play last week I actually thought Daniel House against the Raptors in what was that hilarious game where basically nobody of any consequence played uh, was pretty fun to watch he he hit a couple of shots he showed a a willingness to shoot the ball when he's open it's the type of guy that could potentially end up sticking on the roster long term I think he saw the limitations with Norville Pell uh, against the Pacers when Demona Sabonis went 18 of 22 for 42 points, and the Jazz couldn't figure out a way to defend Lance Stevenson like, So let's
0: let's let's get into that okay. next because I I did think you know it's wild times yeah, but I thought the the Indiana game was interesting, not for a positive reason, right. But interesting. We'll get to it coming up next. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone.
2: It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up.